Hi, and welcome to Pathways, the podcast by Grenadian Steam. This is the show where we chat with Grenadians and other West Indians pursuing careers in the steam fields to learn about the reasons they got into the industry, the struggles they have faced, and some tips and tricks they may have picked up along the way. I'm your host and president of Grensteam, Arlene Hayes. In this season, we are putting the focus on those who are doing it best right at home. Science, technology, engineering, architecture, and math exist all around us, even though we may not always realize it. And there are lots of openings for these skill sets to be used on the island. So join us as we talk about STEAM in Grenada and hear about some local businesses that you might want to get involved with and support. This episode is brought to you by Carabytes. Carabytes is a proud sponsor of Grenadian Steam and is the best way to order delivery from your favorite restaurants in Antigua, Grenada, and St. Vincent. Whether you're too busy to cook or looking to surprise a loved one with food, you're destined to find the perfect choice from a vast selection of restaurants. Order today at www.carabytes.com and specially for Pathways listeners, use the coupon STEAM on the checkout page to get a 25% discount on the delivery fee. That's www.karibites.com. Use the coupon STEAM for 25% off your delivery fee today. Ms. Zanifa Payne is an Associate Professor and Deputy Chair in the Department of Business and Management Studies and Associate Dean in the School of Arts and Sciences at the St. George's University. She currently lectures undergrad and graduate students in areas of finance and accounting, as well as project risk management and construction financing. In addition to all this, Zanifa also serves as Director of the Accreditation and Quality Assurance Unit, AQAU, for which she's responsible for monitoring compliance with accreditation standards, overseeing submissions, and developing and documenting continuous quality improvement initiatives. Prior to joining SGU, Zanifa's background was heavily math-based, although she always had a great interest in architecture as well. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Business Administration and Actuarial Science from Georgia State University, a Master of Science in Actuarial Science from the University of Central Florida, a Master of Science in Finance from Johns Hopkins University, and is currently working on her PhD in Financial Management at North Central University to be completed in 2022. That was a mouthful. Over the years and between degrees, Zanifa's managed to rack up a range of job experiences just about as overwhelming as her academic resume. She's worked as a pricing analyst, an actuary, a construction project manager, a drafts person, and a high school teacher, in addition to all the hats she currently wears at SGU. In this episode, I talk with Zanifa about the importance of pursuing and achieving higher education, finding your people and providing support for those after you when at university abroad, and finding a way to push through, even when in doubt. I hope you enjoy today's chat, and if you do, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review 
or drop us a note on social media and let us know what you want to hear more of. Hi, Zanafa, and welcome to Pathways. Hello, Arlene. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. So to get us started, um, let's just tell people what it is that you do right now. What is your position and role? Okay, so it's a little long-winded at the present moment, but <laughs> I am a university professor. I'm holding a position as associate professor um, in finance and accounting. I am also the associate dean um, and director of accreditation and quality assurance within the School of Arts and Sciences, St. George's University. I am also a deputy chair at the present moment to the Department of Business in the School of Arts and Sciences. Lots of hats. Yes. (laughs) All right. So to get some background on your story now, where are you from? Where do you grow up in Grenada? Okay, another long story. So (laughs) I am originally um, born in Trinidad. Okay. Um, Then um, my parents moved, I think it was was three years old, to Jamaica. Lived there for about nine years. Then uh, my mother, um, God rest her soul, was Grenadian, Margaret Payne. And um, she decided, you know, time to go back to her home country. So she took her Jamaican husband, Jamaican son, and Trinidadian daughter to Grenada mm-hmm. and um, lived here for quite a while. Then, you know, just time to go to school. So um, then I went to Georgia State um, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, subsequently, I had my daughter, um, only one daughter I have at present. And um, then, you know, my mother's always been the person, you know, First degree is not the, the only thing you need to go for. You need to elevate yourself. Um, so the next step, um, it was a master's degree. So that was, that took me to Orlando. And then after that, long story short, another master's um, that's in Baltimore for Johns Hopkins. And I came back home after that, a, a short stint of work. And I'm back in Grenada. And I think this is where I am to stay. Okay, so I want to dig into some of that a little bit. So okay. um, taking it all the way back, primary school, <laughs> okay. secondary school. Did, so did you uh-huh. go to school in Jamaica, I guess? And yes, Jamaica? yes. That is where I learned to speak. Um, oh. Primary school and two years of high school. Um, so primary school is at this school um, on Halfway Tree, St. Andrew Prep. Mm-hmm. And then high school was Campion College, two years. So you know, we did the traditional common entrance and then um, I had high school, but the high school was a little different with boys and girls. So coming to Grenada to all girls school at St. Joseph's Convent was like shocked the system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you made it. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. So what um, what kind of student were you growing up? I was quiet. Um, a lot of people can say that I was very reserved. I loved to draw. When I came to Grenada, they would say I was sitting at a desk every day, just drawing, 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 and eating chocolate, you know. Um, <laughs> um, and, one, and back in those days, it was like a half a liter of Coke, yeah, half a liter of Coke and a chocolate bar. And, you know, I was just, yeah. you know, um, very much, I wouldn't say overly studious, but um, my mother and father had always um, instilled in me that school was the priority. And they would put rewards ahead of time, like, okay, maybe a trip or et cetera, once you got, you know, good grades. Um, but it was always expected of me to, you know, excel. It wasn't, you know, okay, you did well. No, you need to push, you need to push, you need to push. And there was no excuses. Apart from schoolwork, there was also housework, 
So I had to learn how to balance from an early age. Being the oldest child, I have a younger brother. Um, so yeah, schoolwork was number one. My, my parents were heavily into school also. My father's a civil engineer. Um, he graduated from UWE and then he did um, a diploma in Holland. Uh, my mother, she started up doing agriculture. She met my father in, in Trinidad, um, St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. And she did agriculture, but um, you know, at the time when she started work, it just wasn't feasible to be, you know, an, a vet assistant. So she turned all the way around and turned into business. And then she um, she went through a business um, program, and then she actually went to Harvard wow. for um, a, a program in business there too. So yeah, they've always been in academia. They've always pushed their children to say, "Look, this is the next step. No question about it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So with this kind of studious background, or at least, you know, a, a idea of wanting to know what's next and how to better yourself, improve yourself. What happened when you got into secondary school? Did you have an inkling of what your interests were and what you wanted to do after that? How did you choose? Yeah, absolutely. That? I yeah. wanted to do architecture. Oh. Um, my father being a civil engineer, I always seen one to draw a stable, you know, drawing certain things and buildings and so forth. Because he used to do um, townhomes and, and, you know, private homes in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And then when we came to Grenada, it kind of um, stemmed to be more luxury villas, etc. So I always ha- had an interest for drawing. Um, I did technical drawing in, in Jamaica for the first two years. But then when I came to Grenada, um, at the time, it wasn't deemed a subject for girls. Of course. <laughs> right? So my, you know, foundation in it was just, you know, lost. And then my, I had to pick it up on the side with my father. But I will always remember that conversation. Um, you know, my mother was like, okay, so what do you want to do? What are you going to study? I was like, architecture. And she's like, no way. <laughs> she's like, no way. You're not going to make any money. You know, you're not going to be able to you know, provide for yourself. Because that's another thing that my parents have always instilled in me, being independent, yeah. being very, very independent. And I was scolded for, you know, going against that grain. And that I remember going to school one day and my, my, my father forgot to give me lunch money. And, you know, the day he picked me up that same evening, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry for not giving any money, um, some money. And, you know, you must be starving. Let me go get some food for you. I was like, no, I borrowed some money. Wow. Can you imagine the, the scolding I got? He's like, never, <laughs> never do that again. You sit down and you starve, you know, <laughs> yeah. rather than to borrow money. So this level of, you know, being independent has really been driven into me, um, you know, tremendously. So um, when my mother heard me say architecture, it's like, no, 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 that's not a prosperous field, you know, for you to survive. Or say if you're black, or say if you're female. No, no, no. You're going to go and do actuarial science. I was like, what in garden is that? (laughs) Complete 180. (laughs) I had no clue about this thing. She's like, you could do math. Well, I mean, you don't have any problems with math because somehow, I mean, thankfully, I'm just one of those few who just picked up math really easily. Um, Mm -hmm. My father was was the instrumental person for that because you know the civil engineering is a lot of math background, and um, we always had this 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 strategy in the evenings when you do your homework, math, daddy, English, mommy, right, mm-hmm. and that was how it was every evening, and I didn't really have that much problems, and and I would say to, thanks to him too, he would explain things in such a way, and you really couldn't look at him and doubt him, you know, you're like this is it. <laughs> right? yeah. 
Um, and he always said, you know, there's always a solution. There's always a solution to mathematics. You know, don't let it daunt you. It's not like English when you can, you know, expound in different ways and you have to have this profound vocabulary. And, you know, no, he's like, this is it. It's either X or Y. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it, he always instilled the practice questions, you know. Um, okay, you got homework. Okay, what's your, your extra work for today? Right. So I always be doing more work than what was, you know, um, assigning class whether it was english or math or any other subject but always remember the math he was like sums doing your sums doing your sums 20 sums a day or something like that you know mm -hmm. um so from early on i could never come and say i can't do it can't was like a, 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 a unforgivable word. word you know yeah. um the bad word in the family so um i had to sit down and, and tough it out if I had a problem, of course, I'd go and ask, but I don't think many families have that. I mean, obviously, they don't have somebody they can go to right there in the um, the unit of your house and say, you know, I have a problem with this math, right? And mm -hmm. help me out. Um, so I, I must say I was extremely blessed for that. Um, up to this day, you know, it's very interesting. Every time we talk about something, right? Some construction thing, you open up his hand and you take a pen and start drawing out a question or a, a diagram to explain to me, you know, X, Y, Z. And I was like, okay, that, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm very thankful for that. It, it, it has got me quite a bit to where I'm here today. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so your mother put down the law and said you're doing actuarial science. That's right. And I'm guessing there weren't many questions after that. You just kind of figured out no, go, the path. Those days didn't have no internet. You had to go look it up. <laughs> right? Look yeah. at the, um, the Britannica <laughs> encyclopedia, right? <laughs> uh, because it wasn't even in the in the regular dictionary. <laughs> and you I read and it said, you know, calculation of risk. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, like, okay, we're going to go and do some maps, right? So went to the first degree in Georgia State. So I did a business administration as the basic um, you know, bachelor's degree with a concentration in actuarial science. Mm -hmm. And just in finding a school, it was hard because that, there weren't many schools still, still up to this day. Yeah. Not many schools who actually did actuarial science. And it's typically a, um, a field where um, professionals already working study and pass these exams right right so finding a school that actually offered the the material was was quite a daunting task and then finally you know thankfully i found a state where um, we had family friends it's like okay you're going to school there right yeah. um and it was an eye-opener going into these classes yeah. um only black female for quite a while and then a, another person came in um another girl i remember her up to this they were actually still friends and everybody else is like, you know, totally different ethnic background, right? Yeah. And then they were much older. A lot of them were much, much older. They were like in their full-time job and they're coming to school, you know, rather than us teenagers. I went to school when I was 18, right? Oh, so, yeah. you know, eye opener. But when they see the work, huh, talk about calculus times 10, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, again, you just had to apply yourself you just had to say well okay i can't really you know complain um i again i'm very thankful my parents put me through school so i could not waste the time you know right. i had to just buckle down so yeah it's an eye-opener when you see that first actual science book i'll tell you yeah. <laughs> so what was that like actually not having much background besides whatever you read in the encyclopedia 
Um, and then going into that program and kind of, you know, you learn things along the way. Oh, I didn't realize that was an option. That was an option. What, what do you think were like some of the biggest lessons that you learned about the profession and your possibilities or your options at Georgia State? Okay. So for actuary science, it meant that I would have to mold into a lifestyle that I was not accustomed to in that math would be an everyday thing. Like right now I'm teaching, math is not an everyday thing, right? With actuarial science, you live it, you breathe it every day because it's gone, it's, it's, it's something, it's hard to explain it to you because just think about these calculus um, terminology, you know, all these different integration and then um, the whole matter about actuarial science is that you're looking at math and you're also integrating um, statistics. It's a huge piece of the pie in that you know, you're calculating a premium, for instance, that's like a basic thing, uh, because you have different types of actuaries, right? You have actuaries that go into life and health insurance, and then there are those that goes into pension, right? And then there are those that mm-hmm. uh, property and casualty, you know, overall insurance fields. And you have to look at, okay, you're calculating a premium for a female, 40 years old, living in this state, et cetera. You have to put in all those data pieces at the back of it, plus, you know, the, the, the stated actual mathematical expressions to, to calculate the, the value. Um, and it would require, you know, working in teams. I remember that. Um, and long hours sometimes because there are different peaks during the year. So, I mean, some weekends will be, you know, taken up by being in the, the job, crunching numbers. Mm-hmm. And just going through interviews, mind you, I've never worked as an actor. I've always been either a financial analyst or a professor. I, I think for me, when I started out, I mean, you know, after graduating from school at that first degree, um, and the, the, the interesting thing was I was going to all these job fairs and I, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's like this black girl trying to get a job in actuarial science. Oh boy. And they're like, where is she going? Right. And, you know, and then the thing was, is you had to really excel. So they're looking at your score, you know, like, you know, how are you doing in school? And then they're asking the next question, have you done an exam? And I didn't get around to doing any exams because I was just like concentrating on just passing university. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like getting through this. Right. Um, And, I, I went out there, I went through all these interviews, all these different big insurance companies. Um, and I just, you know, I decided, all right, let me just focus on university. I had my daughter, it's a funny story. I had her on a due date the day before a job fair, this big job fair in school. It was a Thursday and I had my daughter the Friday. And the Monday I was back at, um, at home, but my mother went to material science classes for me. Right. So it was a big deal. It's like, who's this lady? And then she just wrote down all these like funny symbols off the ground. She's like, this is what I sent you to school. She's like, this is crazy. <laughs> she didn't quite understand a thing. I was like, did you just take my notes? That's all I want to know. You took my notes. <laughs> you know? um, but, and then I went back to school on Tuesday. And so it was, it was like, boom, bam, no, no break. Um, I graduated that May. So that was about January. Graduated that May. And you know, trying to go again out into the field, trying to get a job, and it just wasn't, it wasn't happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and after a while, a couple of people kept telling me, you know, because, you know, you're female and you're Black, you know, you're not really going to get, because everybody in my class pretty much got a job, right? Yeah. And the thing is, if you're an international student, if you don't get a job, 
you don't yeah. get that one year, you know, to, to work. So guess what? Bags packed, back to Grenada. Yep. <laughs> and I just took the opportunity to say, you know, I'm going to stay at home, take care of my daughter, work, you know, with my family. They have a family business. So it worked out for me. I wasn't like struggling, you know, because okay. um, all that time we, we used to have a department store in town and my father was doing construction on the side. So I'm doing accounts mm-hmm. day in, day out. And then my mother said, okay, don't get too comfortable. Time to go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> right? Time to go pursue this actual science. I was like, goodness, is she ever going to forget about this thing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had such a struggle with the whole job situation and, and getting all the, you know, rejections. And, you know, you're going through interviews. You're not like you get rejected first time. You're going through to the end and you're like the last two. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. So um, she sent me back to school. I literally, I'll tell you this. She sent me back to school. Packed I did bags, not want to go. Put you on the plane. And I was like, um, okay, what about my child? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I don't want to go anywhere. I, I just didn't feel, um, you know, all this time I've been shouldering, you know, the um, responsibility of, you know, going to school, et cetera, and then balancing, you know, being a mother, et cetera, for that yeah. last semester. So, and then a whole year being grenade, and then you tell me I need to pack up and leave my child. It's like, no, it's like, I'm carrying her with me. She's like, well, okay, we need to kind of figure this out. So, boy, I really thank for, for my family in truth, because they decided, you know, how about your best friend go along with you? It's like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, well, call up your, um, your friend and say, you know, if she's interested in going with you. And we'll work out something where she'll go to school at the same time, get her first degree. Wow. So that's what happened. Um, I won't call her name because if she hears me, she'll scream. <laughs> but, um, uh, it, was, it was a blessing times a million, you know, because um, she got to pursue actuarial science too. Wow. While I did my master's and that was at um, Orlando. The arrangement was that she will go to class regular hours during the day mm-hmm. um, while I will be home with, with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother always put, us, put me in an apartment. So we got an apartment um, and we shared. We each had our own room. And um, in the nights, which is typically for master's programs, the classes would run. So therefore, by that time, um, my friend will come home and she'll take off my daughter and I'll be off to school. And that's what we did for two years. All right. Um, and then when I graduated, um, she still had a, a time to go still. So she just stayed back and, and finished her degree. So she has a master, uh, a bachelor's in actuarial science. Yeah. So that. that's how that worked, you know. That's how you um, support. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my thing. My, my, my family has always um, said there's a solution. Don't ponder on the problem. Always look for a solution, right? Mm-hmm. And they had it within their means to do such a thing. So I'm, I mean, extremely grateful. My daughter grew up through that time, um, you know, a mother doing mathematics and her, you know, her, her mother, her, her godmother, actually, that's who my friend is, um, you know, doing mathematics too, just to get through, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it was a, a really good experience, you know, just, just trying to balance that and, and, and just having that support still there, even if, you know, your family is how many um, thousands of miles away, uh, my best friend being there was was astronomically a, a huge, huge, huge plus, you know. 
Yeah. Um, and sometimes you'll bounce off things in terms of questions, you know, um, because I did it already in terms of the bachelor's level. Right. And so, you know, right. when she came up on certain things, you know, like, okay, let's go through this. And then I had um, study groups on the master's level and they will come over once in a while, right? And we'll do, you know, problems and stuff like that and I get prepared for certain classes. So, yeah. Wow. That quite a story. Quite a story. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> I never really remember it most of the time. And like now seeing it is like, yeah, I really have to write a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd read it. Yeah. Okay, so second time around, back in actuarial science, what was it like coming out of of school? It was um, a different experience um, because now we're looking at higher level math. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought I was done the first time. This is even higher because what they did in the bachelor's degree, you're preparing for, I think about like the first two exams, right? Don't ask me how many exams there are right now because I don't know when last I looked at actuarial science website. But back (laughs) then it was the first degree would prepare you for, I'd say the first two exams and maybe a little bit of the third, right? So in a master's level, it was like the third and the fourth exam they were preparing you for. Mm -hmm. Now ask Dan for did I do exam one and two yet? Mm -mm. (laughs) <laughs> right? but you but were ready was, for it <laughs> I was going to do this exam I did this exam and I failed that first exam and that exam was what was that again I think it was like probability mm. and we're not talking like probability when you see common not common entrance or CSEC stats we're talking statistics with calculus right and it's timed and you go into this little booth put on the air muffs and you know you like this standardized exam yeah. I failed. Just like whoosh. It's like, okay, I don't know about this thing, right? Yeah. So my was like, yeah, man, well, the first time you're gonna go do it again, man. You're gonna do it. It's like, mommy, you're pushing me into this thing and I'm not feeling it. Right. I'm just not feeling it. It's like I and it's like, but you're getting these excellent grades, you know? Because I was inducted into honor society, two of them. Mm-hmm. Um I got, um, I think it was cum laude, was the one right below, like three point something, something. I, 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 got, I got excellent grades. Yeah. But me, those exams? <laughs> so finished the first degree and went out to get a job again. Okay. Zip. It's like, you know what? Look, let's just go to the Caribbean because that's where I like, really want to be. Maybe, you know, they're picking up a vibe that I just don't really want to be here. Like yeah. I want to go back home. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm pushing and I'm, and I'm, you know, the accent is throwing them off maybe, or, you know, I'm coming up with all these different excuses. And, and then I said, you know, I'm not going to do this exam unless I get a job, right? Because they're expensive too, right? Yeah. Um, so I come back home to Grenada. My mother's like, you're here again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's like, you know, I can't be paying this moving cost for you. You know, it's like, you need to make up your mind. What do you think? I was like, make up my mind. Like, Mommy, let me go into actor, uh, no, um, architecture. She's like, oh, too late for that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. So um, I applied to, you know, countries in the region, which is, it's even worse because we're in a small island. Grenada didn't have any actuaries. I I think maybe we have one or two right now, right? So back then, there was no jobs to apply for the saying you're going to do actuarial science. So I I applied in Trinidad. I got through. I got a job, but I declined it. (laughs) Yeah. You just didn't want to go to Trinidad or? Let me tell you. When you're working, right, and you see a salary coming in and you get comfortable, mm-hmm. and I was comfortable. I was in my mother's house. My daughter was there. Every time I wanted to go to a fete, mommy, babysit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was just comfortable. 
Trinidad was starting to be, I mean, it has always been somewhat violent. It was, you know, started to be really, really violent. And I'm thinking about single woman going to Trinidad with her daughter, because, you know, my daughter's coming with me, right? And to go into this new field where it's going to be just as rigorous, right? They're expecting you to do um, your first exam and pass it within the first year um, and continually, progressively do all the exams because you have different levels of being an actuary. You could be an associate actuary. Um, I think that's the word, yeah. Associate actuary. And then the next one is a fellow. Okay. Right? Fellow is like the top. But you have to also pick a stream. Whether you want to do pension or if you want to go into life or you want to go property and casualty. Mm-hmm. I didn't even decide which way I was going. All I knew I was not doing pension. It was like nothing is going to get me in that side. Yeah. Right? Um, and I remember my mother's um, good friend um, knew an actuary in Trinidad. And I um, got introduced to him and I, you know, I, I got you know, a little more understanding about what, what it, you know, the whole profession means and what it involves. And uh, when I got offered the job and they told me the salary, it's like, look at the side I was getting now in Grenada. And I looked up there. It's like, wait, I'm going to be on a downgrade? Like, no. It's like, but my mother's like, but this is your foot in. And, you know, you could get in and, you know, you just, you know, progress and you do all your exams. And I'm like, no more me. And what were you doing in Grenada at the time? I was working for her. Okay. <laughs> I was working for her. I was, I mean, she, I mean, she was not somebody that was like a freeloader per se. I mean, like, okay, you're my child. I don't pay you. She used yeah. to pay me. Yeah. Right. Um, and I used to do side jobs too. I used to draw because by the way, I taught myself AutoCAD. Okay. So I was drawing houses and, um, you know, that was my side profession. I would yeah. charge people for a full set of drawings, have it passed in the planning department. And that was a little, you know, um, extra cash. So, um, with that, plus doing the accounts for the business, um, for the family business, I was like, why am I taking a downgrade? And then I have to go and look, you know, move everything over there, have my child, have to go to school. And, you know, I, I've never driven in Trinidad before. I mean, I drive everywhere I go, but it was just like, just too much of a, a shock to the system. I mean, yes, I'm a Trinidadian. and I've always had to get my passport. I never went home and got it done, but it was just, just not for me. Uh-huh. Right. So my mother got frustrated. She's like, you can't stay in this house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't stay here. Um, so yeah, you still, you know, have this really good um, knack for mathematics. Um, what, what do you think you could do? So here I am now trying to figure out what next to do. She refuses for me to do architecture while she sees me drawing pretty much every day, right? Yeah. Printing out stuff and, you know, and, and she's, she's coming to me for business too because some of her, her, her clients are coming for drawings. So I'm doing drawings for her. Uh-huh. So she said, okay, what next? Okay, PhD. It's like, um, what? <laughs> that, that, that took me like totally left field. I was like, more school? I mean, I thought we were like having a discussion about, you know, a job somewhere. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. No, she's like, well, the next step in life is PhD. You have two masters now. Go and do your PhD. Sorry, one masters. Yeah. This is okay. This is how I got into the second masters. Yeah. Forgive me. <laughs> So I was like, no, I'm not going to do PhD because this means I'm going to go into school. I'm not going to earn any money and I'll be on your, um, you know, responsibility for much, so much longer. How much longer it will take for a PhD? Four years of me not having a job and, yeah. and my daughter and I have to be, you know, siphoning money from you. It's like, no, I am not going to do this, right? She's like, well, you're going to have to do something. 
right? And I think you need to go back to school. And I think maybe because, you know, this whole thing that you're dealing with this actuarial science being black, being, you know, whatever, and taking a downgrade in the salary. Maybe this is not for you. It's like, really? It took you this long. <laughs> and so she, I realized she, she uh, you know, amended her, her, her push to, to this whole example is going to be an actuary thing because it was just her dream. Yeah. I'm sorry to disappoint her. You know, sorry, mommy, but she said, all right, go to school. So I went to school. I went to Johns Hopkins University and I did a master's in finance because my rationale was finance is more understandable. When I say, okay, I'm doing finance, people understand. When I say actuarial science, they're like, what? Yeah. You know, it's like, what yeah. is that? Are you doing chemicals, biology? Because they hear the science piece. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's not, you know. So um, and, and a, quite a bit of actuarial science also has finance in there. Right, mm-hmm. quite a bit of it in there. Yeah, but economics, everything mixed up in this this subject. So it wasn't like um, a foreign topic for me, right? It's like finance, yeah. And you know, it's the next thing. It doesn't require me writing any um, dissertation or any thesis. It's like oh. I've gone through all my university <laughs> life, not having to write any of that. It's just exams, exams, you know, yeah. assignments. No big paper to write because I'll tell yeah. you, I don't like to write. I do not like to write. <laughs> Give me the calculator any day. Mm-hmm. So um, found this program, um, Cary Business School in um, Baltimore. Thankfully, my, my family lives there. Um, so lived there at that time. So again, here was the arrangement. My daughter would stay during the day or in the evening times when I went, went to class and I'll go to class and I'll come back. Yeah. Right, pick her up. And, you know. Um, I had to deal with weather because now, you know, Florida was no oh, yeah. snow. Atlanta wasn't really any much snow. And here I am in Maryland. <laughs> right. So yeah. went through that. Thankfully, my family was very, very supportive, meaning the family up there. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I got through. I did my master's, completed it. And I, um, during that time, uh, my mother passed away. And I always remember that it was a Christmas and, you know, I always come back home for Christmas. Cause she, she is very, very close to my daughter. She was very, very close to my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, no question. I need to see my granddaughter. I don't know about you, but I need to see my granddaughter. Right. So, um, I remember that, that, that December packing up, going home. And when I got to the airport, they're like, your mother's in hospital. So it's like, what? So I knew for, for years, like that would have been 10 years. She was battling cancer. <clears throat> so, um, coming home and hearing that is like, so eventually I found out, okay, these are, these are her last days. I was like, so why didn't you tell me? Um, you know, when I asked her, it's like, why didn't you tell me that you, you know, you, it came down to this? Because all this time you're getting treatment. I mean, early in the year, she went to China. You know, I mean, like, yeah, she's always been a traveler. Yeah. Always been a traveler. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, why didn't you tell me? Oh, because you had exams. I was like, are you serious? She's like, she wanted me to focus on my exams, get through my exams. It wasn't like it was my final exams. It was just end of semester exams. It's like, I want you to get through that so that, you know, afterwards, then, then we could tell you. She's always been a very secretive person because I think only three people in her life for those 10 years, not, none of her family knew other than us that she had cancer. Yeah. So it was like, you know, still keep it under wraps, right? Um, and then she passed away and I went back to school. You know, my father was, was not was not having it. Oh, you know, you're going to stay home and mope and, you know, she's like, um, my father was like, no, she would not like for you to be sitting here when you still have to finish your, um, your degree. So I just had one more semester to go. I did that. I worked for a year being a financial analyst uh, at a government services um, place in 
in Maryland, which is like literally five minutes up the street. I was really, really lucky. I've never had to commute, you know. Nice. And, and my daughter was in primary school up there. And I said, you know, after the year, I, I really loved that job. That was really good. I mean, it was math and Excel, Microsoft Excel. It was just like, you know, a dream, you know, um, coming up with these proposals um, for these different jobs. And um, I had a work permit. So for the one year, um, I was, you know, excelling and just, you know, really, really enjoying working for the first time. And listen, for the whole right. time of school, I wasn't like, you know, under the regimen of wake up eight o'clock in the morning and go to work. Yeah. You know, my mother's house, you roll out of bed. <laughs> you, just, you do a little work today, you do some in the bed, you do some on the kitchen table. You're not like in this regimented um, sequence every day and getting your child to school to school. Never. This is mm-hmm. the first time. So that first year was just, you know, like, wow, I'm an adult now, you know, <laughs> really like stuck. <laughs> like, okay. But the thing is, um, the, the, the company, they did not have a policy of sponsoring. Mm. Right. Okay. So um, at the end of it, the persons um, in charge are like, okay, so wh- what are you going to do? Because we want to keep you. It's like, but you got to sponsor me. It's like, oh, well, um, would you like to go to Dubai? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Because then they wouldn't, they wouldn't have to, you know, have that, that issue. Yeah. And I always remember once in a while, my mother's like, you know, places that she'd like to go, she'd love to go to Dubai. And she's like, oh, Zafi, you need to go to Dubai. And this is the place. And, you know, it's, it's up and coming and all of that. And I'm like, you know, God rest your soul, but I ain't going there. <laughs> right? It was just a little too far. And, and I mean, I mean, the pay will be, I mean, like ridiculous. Astronomical, yeah. But also yeah. cost of living would have been high too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the thing about it is, you know, how do they treat women is another thing. It's like, right. I would have to be, you know, moving to a whole different type of culture that, you know, subdues the independent me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you could progress professionally, but otherwise, I don't think, there's some things in life that, you know, you, you just look to, to have the best um, outlook and um, effort in everything that you do and you want to enjoy life you know I don't think I would have enjoyed my life there so okay. I said thanks but no thanks um I, at the same time too I was thinking you know my my, my father and my brother are home right mm-hmm. and they are going through um quite a big a big change because my mother she drove the family meaning like you know she was the, the main bottle washer she cooked she she just ran the business she paid all the bills she you know mm-hmm. that was her um, my father, I mean, sorry to say daddy, but he would go out, earn the money, bring it home, give it to mommy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, having her not around, um, I had to come. I, I just, I had to come to the realization that they needed my help, right? I need to come and, um, because I remember when I was leaving, I had to type out all the bills that had to be paid when they were to be paid. And, you know, here, daddy, this is what it is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's unfortunate. It's, 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 it's a little different in terms of the Jamaican culture. They, they are more dependent on the females in terms of um, running the house um, on a domestic side, sadly. That's what it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I remember my grandmother um, never um, initiating that, oh, you know, my father needs to wash dishes or learn how to cook. Um, so my mother was, I mean, God bless her soul. Every night she would cook the food and bring upstairs for him. And, and I, I felt that he needed to, to get a little pam- pampering for a little while, right? So yeah. I packed up and I said, all right, here we go, Grenada. Again. So quick question, because you say, of course, it's been a while. So you're saying it's all now, like, you know, matter of factly, but this couldn't have been an easy decision. 
No, it wasn't because it, it would have been a selfless decision. I'm yeah. thinking about, um, you know, pops and, and brother. Uh, mind you, my brother is, is mentally ill. So it's a struggle for my father to, to handle him mm. on his own without his wife. Um, my daughter, of course, would have excelled even more in the States. She's just that kind of person. She's just, you know, so dynamic and she just, she picks up things. She's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So bringing her here, I mean, she went to school in Grenada for a little brief time, but I could see that the States was really the place to be, right, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the different things that she would get into, it, it would be subduing her here. So I had to make that choice. And I decided, okay, here we go, Grenada. It's safer. It's it's home. It's the Caribbean. I don't have to shovel snow anymore. I take care of my, mother, um, my mother's, you know, house. Um, you know, to some degree, as much as I can, and you know, her husband and her son. So I, um, I came back, and um, my father's like, "Okay, he's happy." You know, you wouldn't really say it, but I know he's happy, right? Yeah. And um, get things in order, and he's like, "Okay, so what you gonna do?" I was like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna get a job." So I started applying around banks and insurance companies and so forth. And I wasn't really feeling, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into the nine to five now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> and um, lo and behold, I can't even remember how exactly it happened. I don't even remember if I saw like an ad or something, but somehow I got into SGU as a part-time um, lecturer, right? Mm-hmm. Teaching finance. And that was like about maybe around October, November. So that like, it was a very short stint. It was a, it wasn't a full semester. And at the end of it, they decided they asked me to, to stay on full time. So I was like, yeah. Oh, by the way, fast forward how many years? Ar- architecture was the main thing, right? Uh-huh. But I had a short stint teaching um, at a convent when I came out of um, TAM CC, uh, out of okay. National College A levels course, right? Yeah. And I remember kind of slightly telling my mother, oh, I like teaching too, you know, right? Architecture was the main thing. It was like, yeah, I like architecture. I like drawing. But I also told her, like, you know, that, that little experience teaching in a convent was, she's like, teacher? That, even, that was even worse. <laughs> she's like, like, where, what child are you? Not mine. She's <laughs> like, you know, no way. Teaching. So when I, I got this full-time thing, I'm like, boy, I would give my eye tooth to have my mother here right now yeah. to say, hey, guess what? I'm teaching right? But mm-hmm. she never thought about it at that level. When right. she heard me say teachers, right. like, okay, you're going back in convent? Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Okay. So, um, so when I started teaching, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was like, okay, architecture is one thing, but this, this like level of flexibility, it's like, yeah, I like to teach. I like to, to share this knowledge. I like to go through these problems, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the hours are great. The, the time off is great. And, and that's, that's just what I've been doing for nine years. Wow. So at this point, you still only had your two master's degrees and only had your two master's degrees and your bachelor's. <laughs> and you eventually went back for that PhD. Yes. Thank you to my, um, my father saying, you know what your mother used to say? You need to go and do your PhD. And I also thank um, my boss at the time. It's like, you know, in this profession, the next step is PhD. So those right. two voices, those two voices, I say thank you. And I'm in my last year right now doing oh. my dissertation now. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, it's still in the back of my mind niggling. It's like, you know, Zafa, you could have taken your mother's um, advice and done a PhD. And, you know, being so grateful that she would have paid for your PhD. Look at you right now. You have to pay for your own PhD, <laughs> right? Because, yeah. I mean, not many people would have that either. I mean, it's unfortunate that you go through all these degrees and you don't have a loan to go pay. That's a huge that's issue, I mean, internationally. Yeah. Right. And that's what my mother, that's the philosophy my mother and father um, had from the beginning. Their, the business were for their children. They called the business Tizan, T-I for my brother Tijan, and Zan for me. And anything they, they, they made was for us to go through and get a footing in life. All right. No matter how much they had to do. I mean, they never took vacations. You know, they, they went up to the States for a couple of um, days or whatever to buy stuff to put in the department store. You know, it wasn't, oh, we're going away. The, the one vacation I know they took, my daughter to Disney. I didn't go. They were like, not you. <laughs> you know, and that time, by that time, they were kind of retired. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, it's always been about the children. It's always been, and that's what, another thing that I have done. It's always, everything I have is for my daughter, right? Everything I do. Mm -hmm. is for her um i tried to say you know you're good at math too she's good at math yeah um you know you should i don't tell her actual science <laughs> <I'll tell> you <laughs> okay. um i do tell her you know you know you need to do something that you love and you know since math is not such a problem maybe you should do something that has some you know math background she's like no mommy mm -mm, i'm not gonna be like you mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. wants to do graphic animation. So it's like, okay, all right. Once you like what you're doing, fine. Um, and and that, that's the important thing. Um, all this struggle of me going through all these degrees, I wasn't happy, right. right? And the thing about it is you're going, you're setting up yourself to get into a profession, into a career that needs to be something that's going to get you out of bed, right? It needs to be something that inspires you to push more, to to advance and to, to always be at your best game, right? It's not like, okay, I need to get out of bed because I need to get a paycheck, right? I mean, of course, unfortunately, many people have to just, you know, stick with it like that. But if you're given an opportunity to, to, to study something that you, you like and to, to follow a profession that you want to, make sure it's something that you love, you know? You will do it on the weekend and you wouldn't feel away. I mean, yes, there's, you know, the, the level of stress to, you know, take a time out, always, you know, try and um, relax when you can, you know, just be free, you know, take a swim, take a walk, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the job doesn't have to be, you know, they call it the J-O-B. Yeah. It, it needs to be something that will inspire you um, because that's how you'll excel. That's how it will um, propel you to, 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 to really do well, meaning like, you know, advance yourself, promotions, et cetera. It's not like you're dragging your feet or somebody's pushing you or, or there's these bills you have to pay, so you have to get yourself there. It's more like, okay, I know I can do this. And if it's math, let me tell you, not many people in the world, you know, can do math, you know, and, and it is something that will always be in demand, no matter if you're an actuary or if you're an accountant, if you're an engineer, you know, mm -hmm. and even architecture, yes, they have math in that too. It's, it's just, you know, more artistically inclined. Right. But the thing is, you know, you have to embrace it, right? Um, and I, I will always be um, thankful for, you know, even beyond my father, the, the professors, the, the teachers that I've had over the years, you know, they didn't leave me with a stigma. And I think I've seen many of my students have that. 
they have this stigma against math. It's like, I just need to get through this to pass and get a grade, right? Yeah. Um, but math is not about that. It's like, you need that as a building block for so many different things, right? Mm-hmm. That if you don't have it, you're always going to be deficient in it. And it's always going to be noticeable and it's always going to affect you, right? Um, I also teach um, personal finance, you know, so uh, managing your credit cards, you know, um, insurance policies, all these things that, that deal with your budgeting. Yeah. And again, here goes the math. How can you manage your life, your finances, if you don't, you know, embrace math to some degree, you know, it's uh-huh. important. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like you really, I would have asked if you ever, you know, um, usually when I'm talking to people who have gotten into so deep into academia and like teaching, there's always this struggle between um, being a professor full time and actually getting into industry. But it sounds like teaching is where you want to be. Oh, yeah. Teaching is where I want to be. I, the level that I want to be exposed to industry would be in research. Right. Okay. Um, beyond just what my dissertation is on, it's, it's on financial literacy. Mm-hmm. of small business owners in Grenada. Um, I want to really go out into the, um, the neighborhoods. I want to really assess financial literacy, but also um, the ultimate goal is to get a grant or grants, plural, hopefully, to actually put out workshops on financial literacy. People need to know how to manage their money. It's, it's something that should be in high school, should be at university level as a, 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 a given degree, I mean, a given course, not an option. Right. Um, I remember when I was, I started off at SGU earlier, early on, and when my daughter was in school, I actually went and I, I, I volunteered. I said, um, I have to teach students that are coming from your school and they're really, really um, deficient in math. Um, you know, are there any available times in a day that, you know, you want me to come and teach? And I was like, I'm doing this for free. You know, yeah. I did it time and time again. It's like, you know, I have time to come, you know, because you know, being a professor, university professor, you don't have the eight to five, right? You have a class maybe at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock and maybe twice a week and that's it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so uh, they never call me back. And I was like, I was never, I was like, yeah, you know, they have this thing that they just want to stay in their regimen with their teachers. But sometimes you have to look at it. The students want a different experience. Yeah. They want to hear maybe more practical applications of math because they're just looking at it in a textbook. It's like these numbers, I need to learn these formula and there's not making any sense. I don't see anything why, how it's gonna to apply to my life, right? And it, it takes a different voice, a different perspective sometimes to kind of embrace it too, right? I've seen that so many times, you know? Um, and that's why I encourage my students to go on YouTube, go on all these different places, you know, go on here, there's the, the same theories or, or problems done a different way. You don't have to hear Miss Payne all the time, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it, it may just spark something like, hey, that's what this is all about. You know, all this time that I've been fighting about this particular problem, just because you heard it from a different perspective. But yeah, industry, um, as relates to finance, as relates to, um, you know, just financial management of um, companies. There's not much research, very, very little research in Grenada or even in the region. And that's one of the things that I, I, I aim to do from this PhD. It's um, getting out there, you know, um, actually assessing different industries, whether, you know, in textiles or agriculture, et cetera. And, um, and you know, really have the data available because for me doing a PhD, there's no data out there. You know, there's nothing that not many articles out there to, if you've ever heard of it, do a literature review mm-hmm. based on it, right? Yeah. Um, and, Verily lacking, and and we have so many academics, whether it's from UE or whoever, 
but just you know concentrating on the individual islands and their own experiences is so important right um we're so similar but yet we have different you know environments um you know and uh, yes we have tourism we have agriculture yes all the things are in common but has anyone ever said okay let's sit down and you know calculate the ratios of all the industries in tourism and compare it to Barbados or compare it to Jamaica, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, again, mathematics. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely um, need to project ourselves that way. And I encourage students, I mean, there's a one part of it embracing um, mathematics, but I embrace also the fact that we need more professors, right, of Caribbean mm -hmm. descent. We need to have more finance professors of Caribbean descent to, to come together and to, to do this research. It's, it's needed, right? It, it, it tells a, a huge story when you go on a, a search engine and everything is from Europe and the United States. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and that, that goes for every, every profession or every industry, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, mm -hmm. this is the thing that I don't, I struggle with so much because there's, People, people generally don't understand all of these things that can be done within mm -hmm. math or within or whatever can be done to kind of develop our own economy, our own country, yeah. Yeah. our own region. It's always looking out to, you know, what's out there, what exists. And it's, it's so difficult, as you say, just to, just to even find information absolutely. and understand what's happening locally unless you're in it yourself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then when you're in the profession and you realize there are these deficiencies, you feel stifled. You feel like, okay, should I just go with the norm or should I break away and be different and do these, you know, divert into these different areas so that you're starting to fill these gaps. But it's a lot of work. One person can't do it, right? One exactly. person can't. I mean, even in a matter of, I mean, your overall theme in terms of, you know, uh, encouraging mathematics and encouraging, um, you know, females in that field, we need more of us out there to give some perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Because it will continue to be, um, okay, when you're going for a job, who's predominantly the one getting it, right? Rather than, okay, we have this, 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 this pool of, 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 you know, beautiful black women, you know, of, I mean, it doesn't have to be black, it could be any um, uh, culture or ethnicity, and it's just a more diverse pool, right, so that you can say, okay, what's their experience, and they're coming from, let's say, Sri Lanka, or they're coming from, you know, Trinidad, or, they you know, all of these things, you know, feel, feels into, you know, the growth of the company and the perspective of the company being wider, right? Um, let's take, for example, when you're like you're designing a home, we traditionally do brick, mm -hmm. you know, and that's it. That's the style. You know, you go to each Caribbean island, you see a particular style. What if you had a classroom of, you know, budding um, architects and someone from Africa and they talk about thatch, right? And they have some, you know, from Europe and you talk about more steelworks and then you have this combination of these different elements and these materials and the diversity of the building that comes out afterwards. That's what's happening. Yeah. These, these melding of the minds and, and, you know, these different ideas, you're moving away from the traditional. And you know what happens when you move away from traditional? You become more unique. You become more of an asset that someone's like, hey, that's something different. I want that. 
I don't want to be of the norm. And that's what a lot of people are doing now. They want to be different. And how does that come about? Because you have this mixture, right? I mean, the theories will always remain. I mean, there's not much diversion from what theories are existing in terms of mathematics. But in terms of the final product, there's so many different ways it can turn into just because of that, that mixing, right? And mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing that we have to have that perspective that put away your, you know, let's say, what's a good word for it? Not hatred, but you know, your, your lack of affinity to, to do mathematical problems, yeah. I'd say hey, is a stepping stone to something else that I can really, you know, progress in, all right? Um, and the other thing is to talk with people in the profession, right? I don't think that's, that's something that's, you know, available. I had the, 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 the absolute benefit of speaking with my father, who's an engineer, my mother, who's a Harvard graduate in business. I mean, how many times is he going to get in that? You're not going to have that every day, right? Yep. But the thing is, we don't have that, that community kind of sense like, okay, in the community, who are the professionals, Right. And, you know, can we have these general forums about just talking about, um, you know, what they do? I know in the schools, they do career day, you know, um, whoever is in the classroom, you know, mommy and daddy come and bring in. But again, how much, it's, yeah, how limited is, it, it is, it, it's kind of stifling. And again, you know, it's not seeing, you're not hearing the kind of way out there kind of professions like, what, what is that? You know, like if an actuary came into the room, it's like, what's an actuary, you know, you know, or, or even, you know, actuary. Architects, how many architects you get in, in that whole um, pool? Of course, I, I mean, I'm not downgrading, you know, the police officer, you know, the lawyer, et cetera, those traditional things, the doctor, et cetera. But there, there's so many fields out there. So many, you know? You know, this is exactly, I don't know if, if I gave you the full backstory on Grenzi, but this is exactly where it came from because um, myself and the other co-founder, we had that experience where we we left Grenada, went to school, and then it's just like, there's so many things, there's so many possibilities that you never heard of before. Even so, I studied architecture. Even doing architecture, what I what I did back home as you know, technical drawing and mm-hmm, drafting mm-hmm. was nothing compared to what actual architecture yeah. is. And it kind of threw me for a spin because it wasn't what I was expecting, you know. Right. But there's so many like branches and alternate paths that you can take that you don't even understand until you get to that level and how many people actually have the opportunity to go abroad or to get into a university for what they're exactly right Mm -hmm. so if we don't Mm -hmm. and then the thing is there's there's so many of us leaving and we're getting this you know understanding of of options and we don't bring it back no everyone after us is still struggling to figure out you know what's next yeah, and, and what what's, what's the, the, the persons around I'm going to say? Doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer. Exactly. Right? right? Because exactly. they themselves are not aware of what's going on there. And that's the thing. Um, it will always be a brain drain on, on, the, on, the, on the region in that, you know, individuals who have the capacity to, to go out, you know, excel, um, you know, go into academia, go into their professions, whatever it is, they don't really come back. They come back to visit. They come back for holiday. They come back to retire, right? Mm-hmm. But there is... Uh, very interesting piece in that you could come back and share your experience that opening up of just you know even you know how do you get through school or you know know, just you know how did you manage to get your first job you know those kind of experiences they're not going to get it every day i mean literally this is like 
something like a, a gem, like, oh, you're, you're, you know, understanding, you know, the intricacies of getting through college and, you know, like, for instance, my daughter's, okay, we're going to fill out forms coming up, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, not many people even have the time to say, okay, let's sit down and fill out a form. What do you need to get to get there? You need to do SAT or do you need to do GRE, whatever it is, you know? There's not many people guiding um, individuals to get these steps, right? Yeah. And then, you know, finding a scholarship, for instance, you know, um, and that's, that's a huge thing. But apart from that, when they're there, um, I, I remember in Jamaica, um, and my parents were there when I was younger, they would have these little functions every once in a while. And it was really the Grenadian community of students who came to study at UWE would come over. Mm -hmm. So they had a, um, an association. It was really interesting that, you know, in case any Grenadian had any issues, they would call one of the persons in the association. And my mother was one of them, right? Um, not many places where you go all over the world have that. Like, you know, you go to New York, um, do you know, okay, there's an so association, maybe they can reach out, help you while in school. Um, that's another thing, even though you may not come back and share, you know, what you've gone through or what your profession is, there's also that way that you could help. You know, okay, who are the people in my, my, my come from my home co country that I can assist, you know, to some extent, it doesn't have to be opening up their doors, but um, to, to help them while they're there, not feel like, you know, completely, you know, in this culture shock on their own. Exactly. You know? And that was so, a big thing for me. So I, I went to school in Illinois, where I am now. Okay. Um, and Illinois is not New York. You don't get many Caribbean people. But luckily, the school I went to had a program where there were a bunch of St. Lucians before me. And then um, after that, it kind of created a pipeline for Grenadians and Tegans, you know, a bunch of people. So when I got here, it was in like the third or fourth year of that program. And so mm -hmm. there were a bunch of other Caribbean students who like really helped in every way. Like I'm, so, I'm still friends with all of them to this day. Um, and they were able to help me kind of acclimate because there's, you know, it is a culture shock, right? But just to have those people who understand your background, they're with you. Very it. important. Very I can important. imagine doing it any other way. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned that, um, all through the different universities I've been in, I've always been in the Caribbean Association. Mm -hmm. So Georgia State was Caribso. And um, that's the other piece you had to balance because um, being a committee, being on that committee, it was either newsletter editor or secretary or president at one time I was. And, you know, we had events that we had Caribbean food and we go together to parties or, mm -hmm. you know, we study together or we making T-shirts together or, you know, it was it was really, really important for us to keep that kind of family unit there from Jamaica, from Barbados, from from, you know, Bahamas. And I still, I mean, majority of them, I'm still in contact with up to today. Right. Um, right. And that was since, where did I graduate? A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then in Orlando, um, um, I met up with a, a Bermudan and they will study with us, somebody from Africa. You know, it's, a, it's just so interesting that every time I've been to school, I've always melded with the people who did it's not belong to United States. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, um, in, in uh, D.C., the same thing. We're going mud mass, you know, <laughs> the carnival. And, you know, we, I always found my culture. It's just like, okay, mm -hmm. where's the food? Where's the party? Where's the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to get myself, you know, settled. Um, I, I, and it's really important. And it's really, really important to still have that connection, right? 
Mm-hmm. Even though you're going in your suitcase with, you know, how much cricks and, and cheese and whatever to go up, you know, when you get up there, it's like, okay, done, what next? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but again, again, it's very important to, to, to have that, that unit, that, that connection. Um, it, it gets you through. It gets you through. It really does. And then the, the networking afterwards, I mean, come on, we're talking almost 20 years since I went to my first degree and I still know these people, you know. And um, they they have progressed. Everybody has just you know done remarkable, right? And we we had our struggles. We had our struggles. You know, coming to the states is different. You know, coming straight from an island to the, the states is mm-hmm. it's a huge culture shock. I mean, you know, when you're young, you're like, oh, I want to go to the states. I want to go to the states. Like when you get there and you're stuck there, you're like you have to yeah. do studies. It's like I don't know about this place. <laughs> I feel that. So true. Yeah. All right. Well, Zanafa, it's been so great talking to you. Um, just before we wrap up, though, I want to know if if there's anybody out there, you know, young students, um, young women, as we're talking about, who uh, might be interested, maybe don't know what they want to do or they're interested mm-hmm. in kind of getting into this career path. What advice would you have for them? Come talk to me. <laughs> Come talk to me. I'm, I'm willing um, to come and, you know, have a session. I mean, just talking normal, you know, just to kind of field out what they like to do, what they want to do, wh- where mm-hmm. they are at right now. Um, it's different having that conversation uh, with your parents. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have anybody other than my parents to talk to. Mind you, I'm not, I'm not um, saying that as a disadvantage, but Sometimes you need to speak with somebody who is not giving you that pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, And then also to kind of really feel out, okay, what is it that you really want to do, right? And, and this goes for people not even with the math inclination. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's a matter of, you know, I, I'm at a point in time in my life where I say, okay, I want to go to do a university degree, right? Um, what's the steps? I think I don't think I'm that much out of touch after all these years, but I'm in a university, so I kind of, you know, pretty much still know uh, quite a bit of things to get there out of the country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being in the country is good too. SG is great. I mean, this is not this is a free advertisement, but it's just <laughs> you know, it, it, it it gives you um, an understanding. University life it opens up your mind, regardless of the degree. I mean, you could really narrow down. Yes, this is the degree I want to pro- to progress into whatever career. But a university degree is really, really important to, to basically make you have the self-growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, expand your mind, your knowledge, um, you know, push you to your limits um, many times. And um, it, it, it is important for self-growth, right? When you go into a job these days, the bachelor's is just like, like nothing. You have to really think, okay, bachelor's, no master's, right? Right. Masters is really where you need to propel yourself to. Um, I mean, yes, you can go and do the PhD, of course. I'm not saying nay, but at least the master's level. Right. Used to be back in the day, at least a bachelor's. These days, mm, everybody has a bachelor's. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I am definitely totally in favor of, um, you know, coming and seek help. If not, find someone out there that, you know, um, would, you know, give you an air for a while, you know, um, even co- the other thing, which is interesting too, just call up some universities, you know, those admissions people, they just yeah. love to talk to you. Oh they yeah. To talk, 
to, right? Salespeople. Okay, when are you coming? You know, and they, you can ask all different type of questions. And, and they are really good because if you can narrow down, let's say, three universities that you want, and in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. They will start sending you material. You'll be like t- telling them, stop, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, but you can ask those questions, ask about what scholarships are available, you know, um, ask, you know, all those little pertinent questions, you know, how is host, um, housing on campus, housing off of campus, all of the things that you may not see the answers specifically on the website, really feel them out, right? Um, yeah. Maybe ask to get in contact with a particular professor in a department that you, you are looking at, you know, they, they're, a little, um, they're quite a bit amenable to, to those kind of discussions. Yeah. So, so do that. Um, take advantage of career days. Um, there's like a career day for, I think it's career day that they call it, for SGU, but they have them also uh, for other universities, virtual ones these days because of where we are. Um, that's an eye into, you know, how does the campus look and how does, you know, different things run? It kind of opens up your mind to, okay, this looks interesting, you know, and you start making your comparisons. But um, definitely don't sit and just fest and think, okay, the answer is going to come to you. Seek help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's something I never really thought of. I always kind of felt like we were at a disadvantage because if you're living in the U.S., you know, you could go do a campus tour. It's a big thing. Once you come out of high school, everybody goes and visits all the mm-hmm. colleges they're interested in. You don't have that option back home. You're not going to buy a thousand dollar ticket <laughs> to go look at a university. <laughs> for virtual these days. COVID. Yeah. And yeah. just being able to pick up the phone. I mean, yeah, it's international rates, but you could you can make a phone call and ask some questions. Yeah, a lot of them email. will call you back. Hey, a lot of them will call you back. You send an email and say, hey, I'm interested in university. Call me on this XXY number, whatever. Or look at what we're doing, a Zoom call, right? And they will do it. Trust me, they want those numbers in. And the thing about this is, they are more open to this more and more each day because they want to be more diverse campuses, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They are looking for more international students from different countries to come and, you know, jump into that pool. So when they make get a call from you, they're like, whoa, I've been waiting for it all day, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, and then come, and, come with some really intelligent questions and, you know, you, you'll get some really good answers. Yeah. Well, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. What is a good place that people can reach you if they're interested in learning more? Um, my email address, zanifer.pain at gmail.com. Okay. Great. So thank you very much for having me, Arlene. Anytime. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, likewise. And good. to the listeners, thank you for joining us on today's Pathway.